last year when we we had this this time this stay, we stepped out and it was uh, it was as if people were truly walking on water is what it felt like. We'd never had a moment in our church where people came forward like that and made that commitment and trusted God. And that, that's where we can't came from is the story of Peter standing in a boat and Jesus out on the water and Jesus calling Peter out to trust him. In a sense saying, there's no way you could walk on water without me, but since it's me, you can. You can't, but with me, you can. And as a result of what you just saw on the video there, our church and, and your generosity literally exploded. Just, just You guys have been so generous. You've been giving. And I announced last week or two weeks ago that our church, and, and, and because of the generosity, we bought eight acres. We own eight acres. Our church, and we, we gave everyone this, this little jar. This is actual dirt from the eight acres. And it's incredible. It's incredible that 514 Church has gone from, I got to tell you, like I'm having a little bit of a nostalgic moment because the first day of the church, literally, we had one trailer and I, I had a little car, a Volkswagen. It was sweet. It was a GLI. It had like the paddle shifters and it was fast, too fast. Like I didn't know how to not drive fast with this car. I had the, this is not a, this is not a lie. I had the car packed full of Bibles, literally, like I, only the driver's seat. This was packed, the back was packed. Rich Halcom, who you're going to hear from, gave us these Bibles. And before we had a big screen to put the words on the screen, we used to put Bibles underneath every chair. This is, this is like back, back when the church first started, when we put Bibles, actual pieces of paper under the chair. Now you all have a phone, so we don't do that anymore. But I, I was so excited that on 6.05, I was going 70 miles an hour, and I got pulled over. Literally got pulled over. Police pulled me over. The guy walks up to me, taps on the window, and I was just like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. My entire life, a reason to speed. The Bible. And he goes, what, what are you doing, man? What are you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? What do you got going on? I said, I'm going to church, and these Bibles are for the people. And I used all of you as an excuse for speeding, and he let me off the hook. It was so funny, <laughs> so funny. But for a year, I was part of the setup team, you know, for a year. Never forget, year I was part of the setup team. I came here at 6 in the morning. Before I showered, I would help unload the trailers and get dirty. It was annoying, and I would sweat. I'll never forget, after the first year of helping unload everything, I, would, uh, I, I was getting in that mode where like, okay, I got to like delegate. You know, I was going through all these like leadership. I got to delegate. I can't be there anymore. Like I need to focus on what I'm there for. There's other people to set up and people like Wes came along and just volunteered. Wes Martin volunteered at our church to set up the church for two and a half years before he came on staff. He just showed up here to do it. I'll never forget when I said to the team, hey, I'm not going to help set up anymore because there's other stuff I got to do, and you guys got it. Tyler Joseph was an intern here, and he would help us set up and tear down. And he came up to me the day that I was leaving before tearing down, and I'll, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he goes, hey, man, you remember uh, that movie, We Were Soldiers? Mel Gibson? He's like, thanks for, be thanks for, thanks for being the last guy out. And tapped me on the shoulder like he was giving me a hard time because... 
I was leaving before the work was done. <laughs> He's like, remember we were soldiers, man? I was like, yeah. He's like, thanks, Captain. Like, <laughs> it was so funny. It was just like, okay, I, I think I'm still going to go. <laughs> but just, I can sit here and just tell you story after story of what God has done. And now we have land. Now we, we, we don't rent this building. We're, we still rent it. We got to rent it for a little while. We don't, we're, we're not going to have to. We're going we're gonna to ha- have our own space. There's a group of men that go over every Friday now, and, and they have been for a long time praying for the, those eight acres. Every morning on Friday, they get together and pray. Unbelievable. What God has done, you guys, it's going to happen. One day, we're all going to come together in a different place. It's going to be two times the size for, for people to sit in, and there's going to be families who don't know Jesus who are going to walk in, sit down, and it's going to be their first experience, and you and me are going to be the ones who were there at the beginning to help prepare and build a church that exists for people who don't have a relationship with God to show up and be told that they belong and how much God loves them. That's why we're doing this. That's why you're here. That's why you committed. So you guys are going to fill out some cards, and I, I want to kind of take you through the logistics of that briefly. Um, part, you kind of business in the, in the front, party in the back. So just hang with me. I got to get through this moment, and then we have some amazing things, some other things we want to share with you. But just a reminder, so hang tight. Hang with me if you made a commitment already, and if you're here for the first time, you need to hear what I'm about to say next. When we made our commitments last year, they were two-year commitments. Anyone who has made a commitment, made a two-year commitment that is supposed to be fulfilled by December 2017. So if you started last year, it was a two-year commitment. For some of you, you're going to make a new commitment today for the first time, and your deadline is the same. It's December 2017. You'll start in December 2016, and you'll go for 12 months. And whatever you commit today, you're saying over the next 12 months, I will fulfill this commitment. Now, it's very important. I'm going to talk about this once and say it again. But when December 2017 rolls around and you fulfilled your commitment, that doesn't mean that you stop giving to the church. (laughs) It means that you have trusted God, that you've trusted God. He's shown up. You took this test to trust him, and you're going to have a story to tell, and then you are going to be able to continue to give. And, And I'll talk more about that. But It's the deadline for your commitment fulfillment. But when we're talking about tithing, it's something that should just go for the rest of our lives. I want every person in here to spend their entire life trusting God and living a we can't life. In your finances, we sat around as a church staff and talked about how how our commitments have changed our life. And what we found and what so many on staff said is that Trusting God financially led to trusting God in so many other ways. That they didn't expect, they were almost blindsided by trusting God financially, they were trusting God relationally. They were trusting God in so many other areas. And so we can't, it's just a practice, it's a journey to trust God and to get us to this goal together. So here's this card. I want to run through it real quick. If you are making a first-time commitment today, all you're going to have to fill out is the left side of the back. That's it, just the left side of the back of it. Now, when you are prompted, and we'll tell you when you're going to fill this card out, you need to make sure that before you fill out the back, you thoroughly and clearly fill out the front. Print your name, print your address, print your email so that we can read it. 
Very important. Last time we did this, we had a lot of people who didn't fill it out, so we got commitments, and some of them we didn't actually know who they were from, so we had to track them down. So it's very important that before you get to the back, you start with the front. And if you're making a first-time commitment, this side is for you. And so this first line says what I normally give in a year. We just want you to take a quick assessment of what you, you give, and maybe you don't know what that is. Maybe it's relatively random, but look at a month, multiply it by 12, and just put that on that line. Now, for so many people last time, I mean, over 150 people, when they did this the first time, this is the number they put on there, zero. We had commitment after commitment of people who had never given to the church. And if that's you today, don't be ashamed to put down zero. Because the difference between the zero and what you're going to commit to is so incredible. It's the space that you're going to recognize God's challenge and the commitment to him in your life like you never have before. After last service, uh, a wonderful lady came up to me. She put her card in there. She, she said, I've never committed to the church before. I've never given financially. And today, I made a commitment to tithe. I had a young, a young dad who has a little girl. He's been through some relational struggle, been through a divorce. He came up to me and said, dude, I've never given to the church before. Zero today. I made a commitment to tithe. Unbelievable. So if that's you, fine. Put that down. The difference between that and where you're going to go is we can't. Some of you, you might just take what you give, try to figure out what it looks like if you just average it out over 12 months, and you're going to write that down. We want to see right here what God has done in your life, the difference. And then if you're making a commitment for the first time, check this, uh, this uh, box right here. It says, this is my first commitment to WeCant. I am making a generosity commitment in the amount of, and whatever your total commitment that you plan and hope with God's help to have fulfilled by December 2017, you write it down here. For example, it might look something like this. And for some of you, you're going to tithe, and you're going to trust God, and your total amount is, is this gross amount of your tithe over one year. And we want you to write that down. And for some of you, you are making a commitment for the first time today, and you're going to tithe or give regularly over the months. You might give once every two weeks. You might give once a month. And that's fine, and that's what you're, you're thinking first. What am I going to do with, with cash, and how am I going to trust God every single month? But, but also, there are those that have what, what we call a stored resource gift. Uh, we've had someone give motorcycles to the church, give give sales of things to the church because they just believe that God wants them to use those things for the kingdom. You're going to hear a story in a minute about someone who gave a car away for the church. And some people have cash reserves. Maybe you have some cash and you want to add that to this total. Maybe you have stock. You can gift stock on our website. You can do that any way you want. But if you're going to do that and you're thinking, I'm going to give that over the next year, we want you to add that into this total. So, for example, maybe your monthly giving equals 3200 and you're going to give a cash gift, a stored resource gift, or you think you're going to sell something and it's worth conservatively, let's say, $5,000, then just add that total into this total right here. So it's your total amount, and I'll tell you this, we're going to talk to you, we're going to help you keep on track with your commitment, but you can fulfill this commitment at any time during the 12 months. A lot of people, most people give regularly. They set up online giving uh, on our website. But a lot of people give at tax time or give at the end of the year. For some of you, your, your first commitment, you're going to really amp it up and, and close it and, and do more towards it uh, in a month in December when, when December gets here. So if this is your first time commitment, your card might look something like this. And then we want to make sure that you sign and date the bottom 
You'll put it in an envelope and you'll bring it forward when we tell you to do that. Now, for some of you, a lot of us in here have already committed and you're gonna today confirm your two-year commitment. So last year you made a commitment and you're sitting here today and you're going, I am going to give the amount that I committed last year over uh, the next year. I'm going to fulfill that original commitment. I'm not giving more. I'm not giving less. I'm going to fulfill it. And if you don't know what that is, we sent everyone who has made a commitment their total, what they committed. So you should have an email. If, it didn't, if you didn't get it, go look for it maybe in your junk, your spam, or something like that. Find it. Um, if you don't know what that number is, we know it. We have it, um, we have it uh, documented. And if you, if you need to know, I had someone come up to me after last service. We can't remember what it was. I gave them my card, and they're going to email me. We'll email them their number. If you need to, to know what that is, you can go to information. Just stop someone on staff. Say, hey, I need help finding that. But for a lot of us, we remember what we committed, and it might look something like this. Remember, this was a two-year commitment. And for a lot of you, you're 25% or 50% of the way through that commitment. Even if you've already given some towards that commitment, still write down what the total commitment was because you're saying we're staying with what we committed last time. Now, some of you are in here and your circumstances have changed. A lot of different things. Some people have different jobs. Some people got a raise. Some people, um, last year when they committed, maybe they didn't commit uh, 10% and you're going, I need to commit 10% now. I- I'm ready to do that. And so what we want you to do is to mark this third box. This is for people that already committed. Mark it here and put in this first line what your commitment was and then add to it whatever you're going to add to it in this line over here. So then if you're marking this third box, you're going from this was what I was going to give in two years to now this is what I was going to give. And by December 2017, we will have given X. Just hypothetically, that's what what it would look like. And then please sign and date this. It's so important that you sign it. So important that you make a commitment. I sat down with so many people who give. And maybe this is you. You already give, but you haven't done this. You haven't made a commitment. So we don't know what to anticipate. And that helps us with all of our planning and the finances of the future and how we can can plan to to run the church better and to, to build this building, Lord willing. I just want to remind you all that this is the beginning of trusting God that should never end. I talked about this last week. Take the test. Somebody. Oh! Did you fall asleep, Brian? You just fallen asleep on the most important day of the year? Okay, just checking. I don't know what happened. Hey, so take your test, give your first and your best. Here's the idea when God, I told you this last week, when God says take the test, he's saying you might not fully be in this at a heart level, still test me. Go right ahead, test me. I will bless you. And here's what happens is we can as an opportunity for you to take the test, to trust God financially. So if you're sitting here and you're, you don't, you don't tithe or you don't give um, close to that and you're going, man, that tithe seems like way too much. Take the actual test. Put down 10% and say, God, I'm going to test you for we can't. And what's going to happen is, is he will change you. He will change your life. You'll get to that point where you want to give your first. You'll get to that point where you want to give your best because he will, he will show up and you'll go, wow, God is so faithful. 
I've told the story and story over and over again of people who took the test, their hearts weren't in it, God showed up, and now they believe, oh, if I don't give, it's just, it's just not okay because I just love to receive the blessing. We heard from, from Tracy last week, week about how God has blessed him because he trusts him. And so that means that you're taking the test and you're going to fulfill the commitment, but for 514 Church to keep going, we have to have people continuing to trust God way beyond December of 2017. Now, I allude to meeting with you guys. I've met with, I, I got to say, I've sat down 200, I mean, maybe 300 times. And if, if, if you hear me say that and you're like, why didn't he meet with me? It's not because I only meet with people who give or only meet with people who give so much. We try to meet with everybody. I want to meet with you. If I haven't met with you, come see me and I will sit down and talk with you. Because my goal is to sit down with every single person and have a we can't discussion. And I was having one with uh, a gentleman that's going to come up here in a second. His name is Tim Murray. And Tim and I sat down several weeks ago at Starbucks, and he started to tell me his story. And this is one of my favorite things about my job, is I, that you guys hear me all the time, blah, 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 talking, right? The talking head, Joel. I get to sit and listen to you guys, sit and hear what, what's going on in your lives. And I sat with Tim. Tim sat, and, and uh, he told me, that he's been in the church for 40 years, that he's given, I mean, I'm just going to say, like, your whole life, what you said, you give like 25 bucks a month for, his, for 40 years. He sat with me and he said, Joel, I've been praying my entire life for someone to ask me to tithe. And I was like, I can do that. I've been praying for someone to give me the challenge Someone to, to do this, and Tim is here today to be a leader of givers, to stand up and share what God has put on his heart, what he wants to do today. Tim Murray, I want you guys to give him a huge round of applause for having just the guts to stand up here and share with you. Tim, Tim did this last service, so he's doing it again. He's going to share. Tim, why are you here today? Well, Joel and folks out there, I am not as nervous right now as I was at this first service this morning. I just want to let everyone know that my wife and I are just so truly blessed that God has directed us to 514 Church. With that being said, we gave it up to God today. We are tithing and I've seen miracles, and I want to continue to see those miracles, and I know they're going to happen for, for my family, and I encourage all you guys to, to do the same if you can. Uh, God is great, and he's just going to do wonderful, wonderful things for us, and, and 514 Church will do the same for all of us as well. Tim Murray, listen to that guy. Tim Tim, what did you do for the first time today at the first service? What was the, what was, what'd you do for the first time? What did you, is this a trick, not a trick question. You, my, my commitment to God, yeah. I, I'm taking the test, the 10% God test. I'm giving my first and our best. For the first time first ever time. today. Today, I committed to God. Give Tim, a, give Tim a hand. 
Great job. Thank you for coming up here. Tim, I, 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 uh, I wanted Tim to come up here to be a leader of everyone because he told me that he's going to tithe for the first time today. I met Tim. It's so funny how God works. I met Tim. I was doing a wedding a year and a half ago, and he was there. And then he came to our church, and he just started to come every week. And we met, and he told me he's never tithed before. And last week is when, after church, he walked out. He walked out. You remember, Tim, you walked out last week. He said, where's the card? I want to commit today. He said he was ready to commit that day. I said, next week, man, next week. So in his mind, he had already committed. When I talked to him this week, he told me on the phone, he said, I, he said, I don't know what to tell you. It's all God. He said, I made this commitment to God financially to give 10%, and I honestly did not know how it was going to work but I was trusting God. And two days later, I found out that a mortgage that I took out has been totally paid off, and I didn't anticipate that. And it was the 10% amount that he's going to now give towards this. Can I tell you, like, I know that sounds like, to some people, that's like, ah, coincidental. What's not a coincidence is every time someone trusts God, he shows up in a unique way to say, I am the provider I provide every single time. So, Tim, thank you for sharing your story. Unbelievable. Um, we, have, we have at this church, we have um, some amazing people who have gone before us, who are leaders in the church, who have um, trusted God in unbelievable ways and have led lots of people to trust God. And one of those people is Mark Malin. This is Carmen's dad, who you've ha- heard speak here several times. And he comes in once a month and works with our staff. And he has gone way out in front of us. The man has started a church over 30 years ago. He's raised over $30 million in the process. He built a $10 million building. He bought 65 acres. You're going to hear him talk about that. And, and, and he's someone who, when he first started, he didn't know how wonderful it was going to be to be on the ground floor of something and what God was going to do in the future. You don't know what God is going to do through what happens today. I want you to hear Mark tell a little bit more about that. Do you believe it, you guys? It's really true. And you'll never, ever experience God. You'll never see God show up in greater ways than when you get on these journeys like this, okay? Now, the other thing we've learned is that now, you know, 30 years into it, we have this incredible privilege of seeing the results of our generosity. Like, so, so generosity is an investment. It really is an investment in changed lives. And we get to see this all the time. Like, one of the projects that we raised money for, we, we bought a 65-acre uh, property, beautiful property that's like a retreat center, camping, all this kind of stuff is why we bought it years ago. And uh, when we were getting ready to, to give for that, Rhonda and I, I, I walked out in my garage and at the time I had a 67 Rally Sport Camaro that was beautiful. 327 Edelbrock intake, uh, hideaway headlights. It was like my dream car, long story how I got it, but it, it was incredible. And so as I was walking out in the garage during uh, this period of trying to raise money for this offsite place we wanted to buy, I felt like God whispered to me, said, hey, um, not audibly, but I just, I felt like he was saying this to me. Would you be willing to put that into play for uh, this piece of property? And at first I was like, really, God, is that indigestion? Is that you? <laughs> right? But, but I looked at it and I thought, 
you know, I'll do that. I'll do that if that's, if that's what he wants. So I put it out uh, on the corner for sale. It sold in a week, right? I knew that was going to happen, right? So, so I, I watched the young kid driving off um, with my, my dream car. And I actually, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I had a tear rolling down my cheek. And Rhonda looked at me like, are you okay, babe? And I'm like, I don't know. That thing just got a hold of my heart more than it should have or something. Okay, so, but we took that money, gave it to this, this site. We were able to get it. And then about 10 years ago, I was praying to God, like, God, why did you give us this 65-acre piece of land? I don't feel like we're fully utilizing it. What, what do you want us to do with this? And I got this idea of having uh, father-son, father-daughter weekend retreats out there and building into dads and teaching dads how to be dads because very few people are doing it. And there's an epidemic of fatherlessness in our, in our culture right now. And so I pitched it to a couple of our staff team guys, and, and one guy, just he just got passionately bought into this deal. So the first year we did it, 10 years ago, it was like 15 dads that came with their daughters, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. They spend the weekend together, and we just teach dads how to be dads, and then we encourage them to invest in their kids like never before on these weekends. And they're just powerful. So the, the last few months... Um, we're going to wrap it up next weekend for our fall season. We call it dad camp at this place. And uh, there will be a 1,000 dads who are going through dad camp this year. Yeah, it's incredible. Get this, you guys. We're, we did two in Haiti this year, one in Honduras. And in a month, a team is going to do dad camp in Paris, France, suffering for Jesus, huh, in Paris, France. But it's just, it's, we, we stand back and we look at this thing and we're like, how did this happen? How is this happening? And only about 30% of the guys who come to it are coming from our church. So it's this reach in our community that, that's just unbelievable. And so I spoke at dad camp this past month a couple times uh, talking about my girls and how to be a dad to daughters and how to be a hero to them was what they wanted me to talk about. And so, you guys, when I walked on that site every night, seeing these dads, you know, pouring into these girls and just loving on them and learning how to be better, I mean, that, that Camaro, I'm like, who cares about a stupid Camaro, right? When I'm seeing now the investment of this whole thing, it's just incredible what God has done. Mark and I has been meeting with me for years now. And every time he meets with me, he's like, Joel, don't, don't put a cap on what God can do through this church. He just constantly wants me to think about what could be in 30 years. He's at that stage where he's been there 30 years and now he's going, I don't want to cap. And he wants to make sure that I don't cap what God is doing. And, and uh, we had Mark come to church uh, on a Sunday night, we had a, a meeting, and we invited everybody, and that's what that was. He, he came to, to just share story after story after story of what God does when people trust him. And uh, he, he literally, even that night, he's like, dude, the most exciting thing, because I got up and talked to, was when you talked about the vision for the future. And what I want to do is I want to just like take your guys' eyes and your heart beyond just, you know, eight acres on Hamilton Road. I mean, it's so exciting that we are going to be able to be there and we are going to be in that strategic location to reach thousands of people and families with the gospel of Jesus Christ, kids, adults, teens, the whole thing. I, I mean, it is incredible, but I have to tell you that when, 
when we can't kind of came together in my mind in terms of how we were going to communicate what only God can do, it was not just with an eight-acre site. Because I had been groomed to think bigger. And I have believed, and I wanted at we, the beginning of We Can't to put in front of everybody a bigger vision. But I kind of was like told and coached, you might want to pace yourself because you guys are going from a million dollars to, you know, needing a $10 million building. And it's a big leap and we got to kind of crawl and then we can walk before we run. But my vision is not just to reach New Albany. My vision is not just to reach, you know, the northeast side of Columbus. From the very beginning, I have had a heart for Columbus, and, and here we're going to be. We're going to be in this location, and we're already here, and we're, we're reaching thousands right now. But I have to tell you that I love Columbus, Ohio. Like, I want to reach way more people in Columbus, Ohio. You know, I, I had a conversation with Tyler about the song Hometown from the, the most recent, recent record, Our Hometown's in the Dark, where we're from, There's No Sun. Our hometown's in the dark, and I, I had, had one of those moments, like little like, giddy like fan moments, where I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, dude, when I was in high school, I, I was at a Christian school, and I thought when I went to Ohio State, then, you know, like people would be more mature, and there would be people who, who like grew up and they loved God. And he said, when I got to Ohio State, I realized this city is in the dark, that, that people don't know Jesus. People don't follow Jesus. People are not committing their lives to Jesus Christ. People are not developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. This city is lost. Enter 514 Church, the light of the world. I have vision, not just for New Albany, but I'm from Worthington and grew up just on the edge of Worthington and Dublin. I believe we're supposed to start a campus in Dublin, Ohio. There's a bunch of families over in Dublin who don't know Jesus. There's a bunch of people in Worthington who will not drive more than 15 minutes, so we need to go meet them where they're at. I have vision for that. You give today and you start giving, you're going to be part of something that's so much bigger than you anticipated when you started giving, reaching beyond your life. You know, I have vision, and I believe that OSU, the campus that it needs, 514 Church. And I have vision to, to be in downtown Columbus at OSU campus, and I don't want to just send a group of people down there with like some paper clips and some scotch tape. I want to send a paid staff. I want to lease a building. I want to renovate it and build an unbelievable place for people, for students to come to church on Sunday morning. If you give today, you're going to be a part of that. Who doesn't want to be a part of something that's so much bigger than themselves that reaches the entire city of Columbus? What if we had 10 campuses? What if we had 30 campuses? What if we opened a campus, God forbid, in Michigan? Guys, you got to think. You got to think bigger. You got to think about what you might invest in today, like Mark talked about, what you move into play for what God is going to do will blow you away. You will never, you never know. And you'll look back and you'll go, whoa. And instead of three dots, you'll see 40 dots and you'll go, I was there in the K1 building, a part of something so much bigger than me. We got to take these first steps. Now, there's someone I want to bring up here. His name is Rich Halcombe, and, and, and I'm going to have him share 
with you guys a little bit. Now, Rich is someone who has been on board with 514 Church when it was just an idea in my head, like literally when it was like at the napkin level, like like just napkin, like build a church for unchurched people, uh, large group, small group. I was like, here's my vision. And he said, I believe in you. And Rich Halcombe started giving to this church before it was a church. He runs a nonprofit that feeds thousands of people a year, that gives dental clinic and free eye exams to all these people who are in need. And he said, I want to be a part of what you're doing. He started giving like a couple thousand bucks a month before we even existed. Because he believed in what we were doing and what the purpose of this church is. Now, this is a man who, who understands church. He oversees over 110 local churches that, that he, he helped lead. He has overseen starting and planting 69 different churches. He was on staff at a church of over 10,000 people in Texas. This man is as a PhD. He won't even say that. I didn't know this. We knew each other, and I was, a, I was a student at Liberty University Online, and he was my professor, and I didn't know about it. And one day he walked up to me and goes, so how, how's that paper coming along? And I was like, what? Like, how do you know? And he's like, I'm your professor. I had no idea because it just said Dr. Rich Halcom. I mean, there's got to be other ones out there. And you just, it's just the email. I never saw his face. It was unbelievable, but God has had him in my life. And he has been a part of this church. And I want him to come up here and share a little bit with you. Give it up for Dr. Rich Halcom. He's here today. Rich, just share with 514 Church. Well, I see everything here that God needs to reach thousands and thousands of people. Here you're talking about one day you look back, I was in the K-1 building. There's a church in Texas, Fellowship Church, Carrie Shook. Tina gave her testimony in the high school when they were in the high school, they're now running 19,000, have campuses all over the place. And this guy right here, I've known him for a long time. His head's in the right place. His heart's in the right place. He's the real deal. And he's got everything that God needs to accomplish that vision. I deal with a whole lot of churches and people across the years there's only a handful of those that have been in a position like 514 is right now for the people in the church to be able to participate in something that will outlast them. You know, Tina and I are in, we're given, and I was thinking the other day of, uh, once I drive by that building there on Hamilton Road thinking, I helped with that. I was part of that. So there's no question that God wants to reach people. Columbus, Ohio, across the country is one of the most non-Christian cities there is. Nine out of ten people are lost without Christ. National studies tell us that. It's, it's known all over the country, church planting schools, that this is a place where Jesus is needed. Anywhere in Columbus, you count off ten people, nine of them are lost. 514 is the church, the kind of church that can reach those people with the gospel of Christ. So the question's not the vision, the question's not the leader, the question is for each of us. You know, you read things in the Bible about Moses at the burning bush. And you think, what if I had a life like that? What if I had an opportunity like that? Well, this is your opportunity. This is your, your burning bush moment. And I've had a few of those in my life. This is one of them. But 
every time I've done something like that, stepped off, risked more, where I gave based not on reason but on revelation, my most persistent thought in my head was, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. And then God shows up. So the question for each of us, are we going to take that step to live a life that we talk about years to come? You know, I've been in the ministry a while and hang around some guys in their 70s and you know what they talk about? They don't talk about how much money they made or their business. They talk about days like today when we risked and sacrificed and gave and look at all that God did. So that's what we have. So my encouragement to you is to live that life that you'll never regret. I was talking to somebody after the first service who made that commitment, and it was amazing how their life had changed, and I said, I wouldn't want to live any other way. So you can make that step today. Rich, would you just pray for us? Lord, I thank you that you are a great God and that you allow us to be called to your great purposes. And we know that it's not possible without you. But we also know that only you can decide what's impossible. Help us not to put a limit on how you want to use us. Help us not put a, a circle around our lives and say we're only going to go so far. Help us to fully surrender ourselves to you and we will, and I have been amazed with what you've allowed me to do. It's, it's not because of education or background. It's just because of personal risk, personal risk to risk what you called me to do. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for my brother Joel. Thank you for each person here and for this opportunity to do what can't be done, but then the world will all say it's only because God did it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Rich, it's, uh, it's people like you who God brought into my life to support me. I would not be where I am if I didn't have you. I would not be able to lead this church. I would, I would not. Every time I talk to you on the phone, you say, I love you. You say, I believe in you, and you just need to know that means everything to me. Every time I hear it, it just rings. It just bounces in my head. In a way, you are, you are someone who God has chosen to be the voice of, of God in my life. He's used you to remind me. Thank you. No matter what else happens, man, I'm just so glad that I know you have a relationship with you. People like Rich have stepped out in, in his life. When, when I first met Rich, they didn't have a facility, and then God got him a facility on Parsons Avenue, and then they couldn't renovate it, and then God gave him a million dollars through people and giving, and 
And they just, just, I've watched him lead the way in trusting God and reaching people and making sizable impact. And I just, I want to be like that. I want to do what you do. So thank you. You guys, right now is going to be your opportunity to jump into this, this, this river of trusting God in a new way. We want everybody in here to fill out a card. Obviously, if you're husband, wife, you just fill it out together. We want everybody in here to fill out a card. And so just take a risk and trust God and test God. And so I'm going to say a prayer. And when I'm done with that prayer, when I say amen, you're going to have a couple minutes to just sit there and fill out that card. And please fill out the front thoroughly first, then flip it over. First time people on the left, people that have already made commitments on the right, and when you do that, I want you to have a we can't moment. When you write that number down, I want you to have a we can't moment. Don't go through life without the unbelievable experience of trusting God beyond your means. He will show up. He will do something you never anticipated. We can't, but God can. So when you're done filling out that card, then uh, Lori is going to start singing about four minutes after you have a time to pray. She's going to start singing the words to oceans. And as soon as she starts singing during that song, right when she starts, not until, don't come up until she starts, but as soon as she does, you can just make your way out down to the center aisle here, and you're going to put your commitment card in these buckets. So you'll fill it out, put it in an envelope, and when we start singing, come forward, and then make your way out. Uh, back around the sides and stay standing when you get back to your chair and just join Lori in the band in singing this song, Oceans. So when I'm done, you guys take some time, fill out your card. Let's pray together. Father, it's moments like these where we, we, we want them marked in our heart for, for the rest of our lives, that we, we trusted you, that we stepped out on faith, that we did something that we wouldn't do unless we truly believed that you were going to hold our hand. And Jesus, you told us that your burden is light. God, the, the, us trying to figure out our own world on our own is, is too much. And so you brought yourself to us and you, you lifted our burden. You do that in every area. God, help us to trust you like never before. Help us to be a part of something, God, that's eternal. Help us to, to give money today that will save a family's life. To give money today that will bring someone out of addiction. To trust God with our finances today to save a marriage, to help a family, to save a business. God, whatever it is that you're going to do that we can't see. You know what it is. Use us today to change this community. In Jesus' name, amen. 